Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system And how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. How are you doing today, Ashley? I am good. I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about our um bi-weekly catch-ups basically <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 so we've just we've put on the calendar just for listeners we've put on the calendar to meet every two weeks and record together mm-hmm. my uh, headphones on as well because I always forget those so what have you been doing lately um so I actually met with a new client today I'm 
super excited. Um, so that's exciting. Um, I'm really enjoying bringing on new clients, hearing their stories, because with each new client, it's just, you just learn more and more about people and the different entry points into HA, right? I think it's so easy to be like, here's a blanket plan. And while there's definitely pillars, you know what I mean? But just people's individuality is always just so fascinating because there's the answer. The answer is in how they got there. So Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the answer it is in um, interviewing the person. Yes. So I have actually been going down that rabbit hole this week of kind of explaining that to people a lot more. Like we look at we have like we all have to look at ourselves as a whole person mm-hmm. and not just um, one like we're all females and that girl and I over there have you know, the same, we're the same age or we're related or we do the same sport. And like, I just hear that a lot. Like I'm the same as this one other person. And it's like that one teeny tiny fact about you is the same as that other person. Yeah. That's like saying like we both live in Texas, but it's way hotter where you live. And like, if you live in Northern Texas, it's like more deserty. Right. So it's like, there's so much variation. Yeah, uh, just it's like the one thing you have in common is that like you're both runners, and mm. that's that's really where it stops. So anyway, that's been like the theme of the okay. last couple of weeks is like you are unique in many many ways, and like mm. you're coming from a different relationship with food, as like a lot of you know you see this, a lot of people come with maybe serious like clean eating or orthorexia challenges some less serious some some haven't got that at all they just it's like I just you know uh, just obsession with like low calorie highly processed foods and they won't eat quote-unquote clean foods um, as we understand them to be so it's, it's like everyone's the same and different all at the same time yes it's yeah um, on that note, I know I was like, yeah, we should totally talk about this. So do we want to dive into that or is there something specific? Um, I mean, absolutely go for it. And then I have a couple of listener questions, but we'll get Ooh, to them. Awesome. So when things to the theme, so on the topic of theme, um, and I think this is actually, I can say it's pretty common, um, across the board, but the variation again is different is, um, individuals who come to us specifically tend to be from a dieting background, right? And so what I see in recovery is this allegiance to vegetables, which I totally get, but then they're like, but then I'm going to recover. So I'm going to do vegetables and then I'm going to do treats. And again, there's nothing wrong with either one of them. I totally support both of them. But what I've noticed over and over and over and over is that they're missing the middle, which is just like the starchy carbs, like the potatoes, like, you know, like the rice, the, you know, like the, uh, the carrots, you know, like the root veggies just, um, and this isn't about like whole foods or clean foods. It's just simply a category that I see is missing a majority of the time is like, so again, like, um, we tend to unknowingly function on this spectrum of volume veggies, fiber, and then treats. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that that's going to get us over the line. I'm going to need us to eat the potato. (laughs) 
Yeah, I have the root vegetable comp. Like, if we have any people listening that have ever spoken to me ever about food, the root vegetable conversation has come up um, many times. And, you know, truthfully, like, it almost always just comes down to the fact that they're a bit of a pain in the ass to make and they're not wildly exciting. So it's really easy for people to just look over. And I was one of those people too. It was like, I just made, I would have this like salad, I'd like lettuce and I'd have an apple in it and I'd do some nuts. And like, just the theme was these were all very easy. Yeah. Oh, super easy. Where cooking carrots take a little bit of time. Potatoes take time. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Rice and all those other things take time. Uh, Yeah. They're like definitely the carbs that take a little bit more time. And so those other ones are like easily, you know, like veggies you can do raw or it takes like 10 minutes and then like it treats, you know, so the thing is that they're the reason that they're important that like we'll give someone a protocol that literally says eat more root vegetables is there, there are many reasons. The ones that come to mind for me, the way I look at it is like a, they come in a variety of colors, right? When you think about it and those colors represent different minerals and nutrients that like, if you just think color, like what, you know, everything on my plate is green. Like what's a different color. Okay, cool. Beet. Okay, cool. Yeah. A carrot. Okay. Like sweet potatoes and carrots and beets all come in various different colors too. Like yes, <laughs> wild with it. And so you're getting a, like a more of a range, right? If you just eat green vegetables, you're all like, for the most part, you're actually on repeat there. And I, it really is crucial during this time to get that variety so I kind of see eating your root vegetables as like taking your multivitamin 1000 percent like it closes like any mm -hmm. mineral imbalances vitamin imbalances because think about like you're sticking to leafy greens and broccoli probably like I like like I know you well you probably eating zucchini broccoli and lettuce and then you're eating treats and it's like where's the nutrients right and so again we're not anti any of these things but no we're we're pro add we're pro include these things that's why i'm always like be careful like this isn't saying oh replace this replace that with this This is add this yes and that's where i feel like they're like you touch a tender spot you know spot because because we want to swap things in because that's a dieting mentality is fine I'll swap it and we're like hold the phone I need you to add it add it please include this yeah I'll I'll like make a note this is not in place of anything else exactly I and this is a good thing to talk to because most most of us listening you know myself included you have a really easy time skipping out on these things or getting hyper focused on like the calories number of it yes, and yeah. not, not super focused on the variety, which then leads us to getting all kinds of questions like, Hey, why am I getting digestive issues? Mm-hmm. Why am I getting like, why is my skin breaking out? And it's like, well, this is, you know, potentially one of the causes, right. Is yeah. like we're hyper-focusing on certain like highly palatable foods or something because it's easy for recovery and everyone's talking about that and that's super sexy in this space but like what about this and then I also want to add the value um, of root vegetables before we probably tangent it elsewhere is um 
you know, they also help with the absorption. So if you're if of other minerals and stuff from the foods that you are eating elsewhere, right? So we know like cooked greens, well-cooked starches, root vegetables, these things, they don't just have their own mineral profile, but the, the balance of what you're consuming and the way they're made up of fibers actually helps you with your digestion and absorption of other various minerals and this is a big one that we don't talk about enough and we should probably do an episode on but the bouncing of your blood sugar i was just about to talk about that yes vegetables will balance your blood sugar which is just like the most diety thing i sounds like i've ever said but it's just like you're doing everything else right but when you include this blood sugar balance is like oh finally well, so I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was exactly what I was going to get to because think about there's not much glucose in veggies. And so we're like, I'm balancing my blood sugars by not putting any glucose in. So I'm eating veggies and it's just kind of fiber and water, right? Um, so we're like, I'm not spiking my glucose, but you're not putting much in what you need for recovery, right? And then you're like, okay, I'm going to add some in and then it's treats. Again, we're not anti these things, but- because these root veggies are low glycemic, right? And they're slow digesting. They balance our blood sugar level. So it gives us what are, what we need, the glucose, and it's slowly released and it balances our blood sugar levels. And that is the magic behind it, right? Where I'm like, we're going to need a potato for you to ovulate <laughs> or like a carrot or like a cooked carrot, right? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to need us to put something in the tank. That's not like leafy, nothing. And something that's going to spike everything. The middle ground. Yeah, no, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the funny things is like the, the Reese, there is incredible value and it really is like the lowest hanging fruit and the tier one area to look at is like calories, right? So we know that. I think we're all in agreement. Um, and yes, we do. There are many, many of us who where we do need to continue the conversation to like just be able to do that alone, like eat more alone. But this is, you know, this is also just like a what step two, right? Is like yeah. balance the blood sugar, get it, get it from places that are going to help your body do its job I don't know no totally I mean I think it might even be like part two of step one right because I think we've seen people who've gotten in enough calories but because their blood sugar levels aren't balanced it just doesn't make their hormones happy let alone Mm -hmm. like there's a complete difference of eating all your calories in the morning and all your and finishing the rest at dinner and having this large gap and a drop of energy availability which we know impacts LH, right? And so that could be further down the road of recovery where yes, you are eating enough, but you're just not closing those small gaps and keeping your blood sugar balanced. So I do think it's like, obviously um, you can balance your blood sugar levels and not eat enough calories. So I think it's, I think it's a two part. Definitely. It's definitely just as important. Yeah. Yeah. eat your root veggies we need a sticker <laughs> we do you know what else is yeah but it would just seem like some kind of like vegan sticker people would be confused but yeah 
this so so next thing that I've been thinking about too is the stress conversation okay oh, yes so I think like and again I'm guilty of this too being the fact that I'm guilty of all of these things is what makes me so good at what I do um, uh like really this uh you're not counting in the impact of stress right mm-hmm. I mean at at the very beginning for me I was like it, surely it's not that and the stress <laughs> conversation is so so loaded but I have been seeing some people who are eating enough and have been doing this for a while mm-hmm. um, you know of course there's always room for optimization right like like this the nutrition is a wild thing but um if you know for the most part it's like the the what to do and the things that are inside of their control are actually under control right because like they're they're tangible I can go and do them I can check check the box and in fact I'm perfect at it Mm -hmm. um but something's not quite right you know and it's like when you start to kind of comb through the life the schedule the regime the expectations of themselves and of others like it becomes apparent that stress can play a significantly bigger role than we give it credit for yeah so I recently was just talking about this where I think so like you I don't think it's the main driver but I think it touches multiple components of recovery that if it is not addressed, then you can get someone like stalling out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh So if it is like, if like we touch all the areas, like I'm going to, you know, like increase my calories, I'm going to do the blood sugar thing. I'm going to decrease exercise, but I am still wanting to control the timeline I'm still wanting to control how much weight I gain. I want to control how much I look. I want to control this, this, and this, and this, Uh, or to the point where I'm still like freaking out about the food that I'm eating as I'm eating it. Like if you like those parts of stress are not addressed, I don't actually really think, I think for some people that is the hangup. Right. And it's always this level of control that they're still seeking even Mm -hmm. through recovery. Um, which I think, well, I know it impairs our ability to actually relax, to actually eat more. Right. Um, and even how our foods digested. So if you're sitting there eating your food in a highly Mm -hmm. stressed out state, like you absolutely cannot absorb all of the food that you're eating. So calories, uh, vitamins, minerals, you know, all those types of things. Right. So it's kind of one of those things of, it may not be the driver, but we can't discredit that it has its hand on multiple parts of recovery. Yeah. I mean, because it, it drives your behaviors mm-hmm. and also, yeah, like you were just saying, right. If you're never in a parasympathetic state, yes. you will have digestive issues. Yes. You <laughs> will. Yeah. You'll basically, you know, urinate out or sweat out or just have a buildup of various nutrients that you need. And 
the body will respond mm-hmm. with like the, the body will respond with what you give it or mm-hmm. don't give it and mm-hmm. I think so so that's kind of what I'm thinking on here right now with these people is okay so the piece that you're trying to control now it's like you're now you're anxious that oh I didn't eat enough for recovery oh I oh I Ashley and Danny yeah Ashley and Danny are talking about the root vegetables and I didn't get any root vegetables in and now I'm freaking out right like yes right and so think about like that's a component of stress that's impacting the way you eat right so mm-hmm. you know what I mean um like I have one client where she's like no I'm I'm going on vacation and I know things are going to get better and sure enough her temperatures went up she was eating you know what I mean all because of stress so yeah it is such a behavior thing um to not address it would just be a complete disservice right so to not walk someone through the mindset shifts and changes that have to happen um, is really like putting on a band-aid and hoping that it holds just to get like your first bleed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I guess like the message here is that you, if, if you're sort of choosing, you know, to ignore the fact that you are basically in a stressed state at all times, you need to check that you like stop with the it's probably not that thing Mm -hmm. or I'm not that stressed story I think that's a big one that most of us have is I'm not actually that stressed that's tricky because had you told me that I was stressed at the height of my HA and that's when my digestion Mm -hmm. went it tanked I could literally probably eat five foods like it was so bad it was so bad on so many levels but had you told me that I, that, that, that my stress was getting out of control, I probably would have been like, yeah, well, it's a stressful time in my life, but I'm fine. I'm adapting. I'm doing great. And until I came out of that stress state, I was like, oh, that may not have been normal. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, not. Like, and it's, but it's, it's so, so normalized, but it's so normalized. Like when people are, you know, oh, I'm going through this thing, but it's all good because, you know, next week's a down week or because I have a, a vacation next month. They're like, we're, we're, we, we have this checkpoint that we're trying to get to, right? Um, that's like, when I get there, then I can stop being stressed. Mm-hmm. That is a problem that we have. So I'm going through a very challenging two weeks because for two weeks in a row, my baby has been sick and has thus been sent home from our beloved, beloved daycare. (laughs) And Jake and I don't like, we both work from home. We don't just like take, like take the day off (laughs) to watch the baby. For some reason, we don't do that when we need to. Occasionally I have, like I'll have to reschedule my clients, but if I do, you know, then it makes the next week crazy. So I just try to persevere and like get shit done while she's napping. But it just, it's not great. Like the laundry builds up and you end up, you know, like using your dryer as the wardrobe for two weeks. If, I don't know if you do that. Um, laundry is completely backed up. 100%. So I'll like. Sick last week. And I'm like. 
I will walk out of in my underwear to the laundry and just get my clothes out of the dryer and get dressed in the dryer and go about my day. And when that's happening, you know that I'm on the back foot a little bit with like my life. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like when when that happens and we're we're trying to juggle who's watching her and trying to get this done while she's napping and we actually ran out of groceries too. And now it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And we have no help here. Um, you know, that is, that is like actually a highly stressed time. Yeah. It's normalized by people and it's like glorified by people. And it's the type of thing that we can end up like in a, loop on and because it happened two weeks in a row and in my head the first week I was like it's just this one week we just have to get through this week and lo and behold the exact same thing is happening and bleeding into the next week and I just reach a point where I'm like I know how this goes so I need to sit down and look at what's coming up and I need to remove a bunch of stuff so that's the key where so I had a very similar week um and laundry is so backed up and in the past I would have been like stay up get everything done push 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 harder push harder and now I'm like you know what you know what's getting taken off the list laundry y'all better just count your underwear make sure you have enough (laughs) but I think that that's the progress well of taking things off the calendar where before I would have never done that I would have been like I'm fine I can do it I'm capable keep pushing. And so, yeah. And so it did take HA recovery and me realizing that I'm not a good, um, I cannot see my own level of stress. And so I have to be proactive about it. Right. It's not that Mm -hmm. I don't my body, but I know that my tendency is I can do it, keep pushing. So instead of even trying to figure out where the line is, I'm like, I'm just going to take a few things off the calendar and I'm just going to do life because that's what's required right now. (laughs) Yeah. I think the ability to spot that you have more on your plate than is reasonable, I think is, is extremely important forever, not just during this time. And, and so I'm like, I kind of want to say that again, right? Being able to identify what is reasonable. Because I think that many of us live in a state of, well, I can, so I just will. Uh, that, that was my crutch for life. Um, and so honestly, if I'm super honest, I know that when I start to have physical symptoms, I'm already past what's okay. So I will legit get canker sores and Mm, it makes me stop and be like, hold up. I've like, like, I'm not at the threshold. I've officially passed it. Like we are officially past it, which means that I blew through the yellow, the orange, and we are officially at red. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so that's why, so for me, that's the gauge of, take something off. Like you're not proving to anybody that you're the mom that can do it all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, I'm taking myself out of that race. You guys continue with your stressful life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Like taking yourself out of the race, the rat race. Like I will not like that. You enjoy yourselves. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It's got y'all learning to slow down. That's so pretty much what 
all this is about. <laughs> like sum it up. <laughs> yeah. <Slow> yeah. <laughs> I, that the other reason that this was important for me to bring up is because you had mentioned just now, you know, when someone goes on vacation, oh, like things start to look good. And that's always awesome because we have this like evidence that it works. But at the same time, we're like, yeah, and life's not a vacation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, or is it, <laughs> but like, or could it be? And so my question is always, okay, well, what about vacation was so different to life now? And typically it's like, well, you know, I just ate whatever. And we, we lounged by the pool and we were just having fun and we had all these great conversations and it's like legit why is that only for vacation I'm like really think about vacation what is happening on vacation that cannot in many ways actually be replicated at home from time to time like what is this thing that we're doing where oh because I have to work you know I like that's just that's just it and I can't put myself into this space where like I eat, you know, fun foods, right? I, I eat in abundance or I have a drink or I have like connection with friends or I go and do something fun or I like sit outside or t- take a slow morning or sleep in. Like, why does that always have to be just for vacation? So you bring up so many good things. So what you just said is it's very interesting that on vacation, we unconsciously start to nourish our soul connection. I sit and talk with my husband, not rather like I passed, dropped off the, you know what I mean? So it's connection and it's all these other things. So no, you may not be able to sit at a beach, but I bet you nature, any kind of nature will get the job done. Right. So it's yeah. just like being in nature. So that simply means just like going outside and not saying that going outside is going to solve your period. You know what I mean? But when, I, but one of the things I was also talking about is, um, and with my client and she's, I mean, she's phenomenal. She is phenomenal. She's aware she's working on it. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like this is like, like this will be a life shift for her you know what I mean? And she knows it. And so it's like, she's putting the work in, but it was really interesting that I was like, okay, so when you come back, one thing I want us to consider is we don't get to make a list of things to do as if we have 36 hours in a 24 hour day. And you don't even have 24 hours. Let's get real. You Um, may get 10 or 12, but we no longer get to make a list of 36 items right? Meaning like, what does it look like to say, I can make a list as, and you know, like until the cows come home, but I am committing to only doing the top three in functioning. Like if I get the top three or the top two done, done, like it's success, success, like no more, like you don't get to be like two are done now shove 10, right? Because that's that, that's not stress life. That's a cortisol life. That's not like living on adrenaline and cortisol, right? Hence this is what, so this is why it, it all matters of, um, and that will naturally have to put us in a position of learning to rest, be still like find other ways to feel good without being like jacked up on adrenaline, trying to get through everything. Um, and it really requires a, I don't want to live like this anymore. I have to do something. And so just the exercise 
it does a mental shift of you get three. That is it. You don't get to earn your validation by getting 30 done today. You know what I am like? You get one. <laughs> First of all, there's two things that I want to add on to what I really liked what you said about like when we're on vacation, we nourish the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the reason it seems to be so wildly easy for people to go on vacation and to nourish the soul is because it's socially accepted to do so. Yes. Yeah, it's like every no one's judging you, and everyone is in agreement that when you go on vacation, you go on vacation, and so it's yeah. easy for you to go and do. So it's easy for you to buy into. So you come back feeling great, but it's like not glorified or well received or whatever. It's like live your life as if you were on vacation in many ways, and I I don't know if this sounds crazy to anyone, but I honestly think about it all the time, and I try to do it. I try to think like if I have something BS I have to do today, like go to the dentist, true story. Mm-hmm. I will try to schedule something into that day to help bring back like the joy. And it might even be something small, but it feels like uh, it feels like out of the ordinary. It feels exciting. Mm-hmm. And it, it could even be getting a coffee from your favorite coffee shop. Like, you know, just like, I'm doing this small thing that like makes me feel this like little sense of like uh, fancy and foot free. <laughs> what the saying is, you know, I don't even know what the saying is, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, how so- can you insert a bit of that into your day? Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back? from getting your period back look it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things but in our practice what we tend the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off? Or have you 
you know, systematically kicked it to the curb. So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot, and it will be waiting for you there. Well, and then I, like you bring up another great point of no one is like, you hustled so hard on your vacation. Gosh, like you are so productive, right? No one ever thinks that, right? So, so it's interesting that we, um, don't even know how much we buy into the social norms of what's, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's a really great point of, um, and then obviously like life is life. And so this is coming from two new moms who are like figuring it out, working from home and you know what I mean? So it's not like, we're like, and then everyone have a vacation day, like have a yes day. <laughs> right. But, but I do think it's one of those things of, what if I didn't live my life so intensely that I needed a vacation? Yes, that's such a freaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what if I didn't like drive myself in the ground? You know. Yeah, like living living your life on the border of your maximum capacity. Like, what is yeah. it like? What is it like to fill your day only to fifty percent capacity? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and so you're never actually reaching the upper limit of your stress levels. You know, we are highly resilient people. We can actually handle a lot, but we can't be healthy at a lot. Um, I think we think that stress means productive because I'm sure people are listening and then like, Danny, I can't get all this done at 50% capacity. I'm like 50% capacity. I bet you, you'd be super creative. You'd have solutions. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the internal subconscious. I mean, like I just had like a realization. I was like, I am no longer going to function with a subconscious frustration of like trying to work and have nuggy, you know, here some days. I'm like, I like, like I will remove that because that is not the subconscious like mm-hmm. vibe that I want in my house, right? To the point where I need a vacation. Yeah, I like that. It's wild. I mean, so what you're saying, right, about like that we no longer get 10 to 15 things on our to do list, we yes. get three. So, um, I, um, a colleague of mine kind of brought this up to, to my attention too. So, I can't take the credit, but he was like, the, the thing that is most important, it will rise to the top. You really need to check in with what is actually rising to the top. And then, and, and maybe that's three to five things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to me now remove four of them, that one thing, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then when that one thing is done, you can do it again. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, so, so you only ever have one thing, mm-hmm. right? Cause mm-hmm. I think like the balance of one thing is um sorry someone just slapped me something the balance of one thing is much easier mentally to like juggle and then I think the next piece to this right is being able to incorporate your need for a break your need for self-care your need to go and read a book your need to go and take a walk or get some sun or into that list as with equal priority as that administrative to-do task over there because we also separate them too much 
my work, Mm -hmm. my work or my housework or yada, yada. These are like things I need to do. And the rest is like, that would be nice. And so it has a separate list and that list takes like, is lower priority. We need to get so much better at checking in with ourselves and saying, is the laundry really the thing I need to be doing right now? Or you know, do I need to take that walk and being serious, you know, or like that, that work report I need to do, maybe you do need to do the work report or maybe you need to go and do something for yourself and both will be okay. And they, they need to be in the same, they need to be on the same to-do list and being like sorted out, you know, it's, it's not work-life balance, right? They say it's work-life um, integration. Yeah. So think about that's what we do on vacation. We make self-care the priority. Right. And so that's not what happens in like real life. And so, I mean, just to be super realistic, like I just, uh, I just posted like this, this reel where I was like, I'm taking these 10 minutes before I jump on the call with you. Like there's 12 administrative tasks that I could have done, but I'm like, Mm. I think I need to just not talk to anybody and not do anything. Like I just need space. And so I literally just laid here for like 10 minutes. And I was like, we're making progress. <laughs> yeah. So good. What, what do you do? What do you do to like detach, to wind down? So what's super interesting is I've noticed that I'm in a season where just new mom season, right. Of where someone's always touching me. And so not that I'm yeah. like touched out, but the dogs, the dogs are touching me. I mean, like when I walk through the house, I have a toddler and three dogs following me. That's not what happens when, when like Blake like goes through the house. Like I have a whole entourage. Okay. Aww. The entourage. <laughs> so I have noticed that I need a moment where, where I'm not building, creating, doing, fixing, talking, touching, or nurturing anything else. So I will literally lately it's been reading or Netflix. It just because I just need to be in yeah. a different world, right? And it's just, but then I think that's also healthy because it's like I can't be in a world where I'm constantly nurturing and touching everything. Like mm-hmm. I need to like mentally mm-hmm. not be touched. And so I think that for me, reading or like Netflix is like I'm gonna jump in something else. Like, like what world are we jumping in today? <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that for me, that's my wind down. I mean, I did just go for a walk today too, just cause like, it's nice out. I've been sitting all day. So yeah, I think it's just, you know, like, like it's always different. Right. But I think unfortunately with the walk, I will sit there and try to improve by listening to a podcast. And so like that comes, yeah, this is, that's so relatable. Yeah. So then I'm like, <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's all like most people have that, (laughs) like I am self-development, but okay. So for me, it's, um, cooking. So I, I'm like, I'm a speed slash rush convenience cooker. Um, and so it's actually really nice for me to like slowly properly cook something, you know, like Mm. peel the garlic, (laughs) like, really intentionally like do it the long way the hard way the correct way 
Yeah. So I I do that and I'll I'll like I will listen to something, but yet not self-development most of the time. I actually really burn out on that stuff. I go ham for like a month and then I can't for two months. So <laughs> I listen to um a lot of uh, comedy podcasts, things that make me laugh. Oh and yes. I, and Formula One. Um, podcasts like just listening to them talk about like cars and relationships and racing and I'll um you know I'll really like dive into all the articles and check out like what when I go on social media I go and see like what the drivers are doing (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I'm all I'm all in their business like who's their girlfriend I'm all mad that like Max Verstappen is dating this other driver's like ex-girl baby mama and like you know who does she think she is this whole thing yeah so it's like you literally check into another world you're like Mm -hmm. this isn't my world I'm just gonna check into some other world I I stopped taking my world so seriously yeah go and do something that's like a little bit mind-numbing you know and for other people it's trash tv and that's great yeah, no, one, yeah, like I'm currently on a Netflix docuseries. Like I just Which learned about them. Uh, all of them. The boat <laughs> jet thing has anyone? Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. God. Excuse know. me. <laughs> you know what? Like I've pretty much watched every air crash investigation. So anytime we fly, I'm just like, you know, dropping facts to Jake that I like shouldn't. Like, did you know that once a plane crashed because it was too heavy because they had like a whole hockey team on and they just didn't take into account how heavy hockey players are true story you know like uh, <laughs> it's fascinating yeah oh air crash investigation and the problem with boeing they're all great yeah no that one was a good one i was like oh my gosh but yeah. i know and i'm like right into uh netflix is bringing out a bunch of like european dubbed so they're you know polish shows and stuff but they're all english dubbed and they do a great job so i'm right into those like murder mystery single season series oh yeah yes (laughs) netflix netflix dog netflix apple tv and disney recommendations are always welcome guys in the dms please yes (laughs) yes we need to do other things other than you know and so it's like this is something that's like for our clients like that's why I'm like yes we're going clearly we're excited I'm gonna check your chart once a week trust me I'm just excited to see you ovulate you know what I mean but in the meantime like we have got to start expanding um and doing other things um because the quote that you said that has just stuck with me is that like health was never meant to be the end-all be-all it's just meant to be a vehicle Right. And so we just live in this society where it's like, that's my status. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like I know, like it was the pursuit of health was not meant to be so at the forefront of everyone's life. It's really meant to just be this like kind of natural, obvious thing um, running in the background. But, you know, we made a bunch of mistakes along the way. We're not there as a community anymore. But for you you know I, th- I think the goal is to get to a place where it's on autopilot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and you like can go through life yeah like we learn through experience we we have a robust toolkit and now we're just busy like living life 
<sighs> Good chats. Look, yeah. we have a couple minutes, right? Do you want to answer one question? Yeah, let's dive yeah, in. We'll, we'll do this. We'll do this one because two people asked a really similar question. So I'll read both questions because they're both like very similar. Okay. I'm listening. Um, okay. Uh, I used to know how to say this name and I've forgotten it. Hang on. I'm going to Google it and see if it tells me the, um, the phonetic pronunciation for this name. So detailed. I would have just I, rolled it. <laughs> oh my God. Should I? No, no, don't. Because that's what I do. <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, it's interesting. It says on the Google that you pronounce this name Niav. Ooh, I, I'm okay. in disbelief. I, I don't, it's to me, it's Niam. The internet says Niav and E E A V. So, okay. Niav asks, is it normal to break out during or after HA recovery? My jawline cheek area is still very covered even post third recovery period. Following up to that question, tips to not relapse or fall into orthorexic tendencies again. And Jess Rhodes asks, do you get hormonal acne flares? Blech. Do you get hormonal acne flare-ups during recovery as your body healed? I'm about a month in and started to notice this. And it's so annoying, even though it's a good sign, I guess. Does it calm down as hormones and weight stabilize? So good. Because I'm actually experiencing that right now. So just for everybody who's not in our HA society, I actually did not ovulate <gasps> last month. Um, and so we're troubleshooting. <laughs> and so um, I'm back to temping. I just got my thermometer last night. I'm back to temping. I had a great temp this morning. Uh, and I'm confident that I'm going to ovulate because I'm just throwing in more food and more rest and making some tweaks. Um, and so because my last cycle was an anovulatory cycle, I've noticed that my acne like is very much prolonged. Like it's not just a little bit before ovulation and it's not just a little bit before um, my period. It's actually probably, I would say it's the worst it's been because it's just been super con uh, consistent and it's like down behind my jaw, like around my jawline, like, you know, it's like the deep ones. Right. Um, and so that lets me know that there's definitely a hormonal imbalance. And I know it's because obviously this last cycle, I was just really high in estrogen and I didn't get that progesterone push. Right. I so like, I didn't get that balance. And so, um, if you know that you are for sure ovulating in the first, you know, cause like the, cause like the one, uh, lady that was like, um, I'm three cycles in, I don't know, um, why like, I still have it. My first thing is, are you ovulating? That would be super important. Um, just so that we know that we're having balanced hormones and two, and this is something that we talk about it, you leading up to your first period, um, hear me when I say this, you're technically estrogen dominant because you're building up your 
your estrogen and you haven't ovulated yet. So you haven't had that progesterone come through, right? So even though you're low in estrogen and not enough to ovulate, it's kind of the only one that's like getting this buildup. Um, and so that can lead to hormonal acne. And so obviously we want to focus on ovulating, right. And really making sure that you're not just bleeding, but you are in fact ovulating. Um, and then my other thing would be, um, probably around six months. I'd probably, if like, you're still experiencing it, I would probably get like, um, someone to test your hormones just to see where you're at urine or saliva just to see. Um, and I'm not going to go down the sugar rabbit hole, although, because I know that's, that's kind of like your lane, because she was like, I don't want to get obsessed with orthorexia, which lets me know that she doesn't want to be like, cut out sugar. That's the answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it could also be a uh, blood sugar imbalance. It's, I mean, blood sugar balance is like, it is queen. Okay. It's connected to everything. Um, but so that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, the, again, it's not about swapping things out. It's just including, right. Including more. So if we, if we do look at the hormonal side of it, which is obviously what we're already talking about, um, like, so cortisol is considered a tier one hormone. Top tier, like we talk a lot about estrogen and progesterone and all of that good stuff, but like those things are actually, um, you know, receiving their con their commands from hormones that are actually higher up in the totem pole, that being cortisol and insulin. So when we, that this is why nutrition is so important. This is why Ashley and I talk so much about you know, including the good stuff. And it's not that we're like, um, you know, fear mongering about junk food. That's not the case. It's that we know that these top tier hormones respond negatively to, you know, excess in stimulants, highly processed foods, yada, yada. And, and they react positively when our blood sugar is balanced. We're eating a good amount, a good variety of carbs, protein, fats. We're eating um, you know, varied foods in all of that, those three macronutrient ranges. Like we're not just like, you know, going around and around in circles, eating the same thing every day. So when that stuff is in check, the body knows what to do with the rest of it. It's not trying, like, here's the other thing about the endocrine system. It's a three phase process, the endocrine system. There's the transportation of the hormones through the body. There's the synthesization, the usage of the hormones. And there's the detoxification, right? Where like your body has to excrete the hormones. Um, so when we are not properly able to do those processes, we see symptoms flare up in different ways from digestive issues to skin challenges to mood, uh, yeah, you name it. Skin being one of them. So I just, I tend to lean on nutrition as medicine for this type of thing to help and see if we can, you know, give the body what it needs 
to not raise cortisol to then do the process of transportation, synthesization and detoxification as it is meant to be and thus like see if skin issues resolve. If that made any sense, I'm just like speaking as I think. Um, but, but like that, that's kind of always where my, my brain always kind of goes to like, okay, well, where is this all starting? And when I think back to like being postpartum, no, not even, sorry. When I think back to being pregnant, for example, I got mad back acne. I've never had back acne in my entire life. And I had them all over my body. And it, I, I just was like, this is such a cool like example of hormones just being just being like ah! you know that like that's just what it's what it is and I'm not going to argue with that like it clearly is and so when you're going through recovery and you start giving your body more food your body is gonna like a whole lot of processes are happening yeah and that's why I think it's so important if possible to hold out kind of like around like the six month mark if because like your estrogen's coming back online, your testosterone is mm-hmm. coming back online. And all the process of, of mm-hmm. the delivering and the synthesization and the detoxification, yeah, those are all relearning how to do their job. Oh, a hundred percent. Because a lot of people get caught up in like, de- I mean, this is for another day, but they get caught up in like detoxes and stuff like that. Well, if you don't have your period, which means that you don't have enough to run the HPO axis, um, you need enough energy to run the detoxing as well. Right. And yeah. so obviously your body is going to keep you alive, but all these little small things, you know what I mean? Like your body hasn't had to, uh, metab- uh sorry, detox all the estrogen that you've made before because you stopped making it (laughs) you know what I mean and so like this is a whole other you know like everything's coming back online so um it would be really 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 interesting one to see if they are in fact ovulating Mm -hmm. two um what does their blood sugars look like you know what I mean just food wise and again this is adding in this is not swapping or subtracting you know what I mean um those types of things yeah love it love love um and let us know if that was helpful um or if that applies to your situation because obviously context is everything (laughs) context is everything yes and and there's so much more we can probably like waffle on about on all of those things but i think like i think we're done (laughs) um yeah and like the maybe for another day the the talk like the conversation about the 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 tips for not like slipping back into these behaviors i mean Mm -hmm. this is where it all this is where all the work is like there there's not really any tips it's it's like you need to be actively addressing your intentions behind all of recovery and behind eating and Mm -hmm. you know your fears and your why and like, you just, you need to dive in and, and do that work. And only when you truly understand yourself, yeah. you know, can you catch those thoughts and then make a different choice. Yeah. So this directly ties into, so something like orthorexia, like, you know, like I don't want to get caught up in orthorexia. Right. And so can I focus on that middle category of carbs without that being 
a morality issue, that being an identity issue. You know what I mean? Because I do think a lot of times um, as we come out of something like orthorexia, we keep the veggies and we and like we do the treats and we and, and like we forget the middle, right? Because you know, like we were so focused on whole foods before that we kind of take a break from it. And sometimes, sometimes that can create just some other, you know, it's balance. It really is balance. Yeah. I'm going to make a note for our call in two weeks time. Um, maybe, maybe don't hold us to it y'all, but maybe <laughs> we'll talk about um, like the process of what it looks like to sort of reestablish your relationship with food. Mm, that's good. That's a good one. Mm. I'm down. Part, part one of 10. I <laughs> see <Seriously. laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thanks for hanging out. Come check me out at Danny Sheriff or the AJ Podcast. Go see Ashley at Ashley underscore Marie underscore Smith underscore. And come and hang out with us at the AJ Society. Yes, for real. And yeah. any other topics that you want us to rant about? Yeah, <laughs> submit your questions, y'all. Um, Danny at the society.com. Email them in or shoot me a DM. Emailing is more effective. Uh, I lose DMs, but you know, you can try if that's easier for you. And maybe we'll answer your question on the show in a long format. (laughs) All right. Bye guys. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny. And I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or 
You want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction. Temp drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.